Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike here with uh, Don Boggs. Um, for those of you that don't know Don, um, he's actually been my best friend since preschool. Um, and he's doing OCRs now and everything else, so I thought it'd be fun to talk to him and just kind of go with it. So, how you doing? Doing pretty good today. It's a beautiful day out here. Just got done with the race yesterday, so. Nice. So, I did see that you are, are teaching your, your daughter how to drive. How's, how's that going? Oh, well, you know, we didn't hit anything yet. Uh, you know, we're out there, just in the parking lot so far, and uh, she likes to be a little heavier with the gas and the brakes, so as long as you're not against whiplash, you're all right. So, just like your dad? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like when my dad was teaching my sister to drive and she put it in first gear, held it down to the floor and we're chasing her around the uh, field. Yeah, I can so, see that. Yeah, it's like that. I can see that. I know your sister, so yeah, I could definitely see that. Oh, so I kind of got you, brought you on here. Like I said, I wanted to talk a little bit about like, kind of everything. I mean, we've known each other for a few years, what, 36 now? Something like that, 37, somewhere around there. But Is it 36? Okay. I've never been good with math. Um, <laughs> uh, so, how do you like OCR racing? I, I know you just what you've only you you've done you've done about a dozen or so now, haven't you? Yeah, about a dozen OCRs and then some other five uh, Ks, and of course, yeah, I thought I'd try to kill myself and do the Seattle Marathon with you last year. So yeah, um, yeah, OCRs I think is the way to go. Um, the five Ks, the fun runs, the color runs, yeah, those are all fine and dandy, but Really, you could just go walk around in circles in the park and get the same thing. You could. The OCR, yeah. The OCR is definitely where I like to be, you know, where I can get up there and uh, challenge myself on obstacles, you know, rip fingernails off, whatever. Yeah, you don't need those fingernails anyway. No, see, and I, I agree with the 5K and stuff like that, but, like, we use them as a, as a family bonding time. It gives us an excuse. I mean, if you... It sounds bad, but if you say, okay, I paid for this, and I'm supposed to be there at 7 in the morning so I can do this race, it's a lot easier to get up early in the morning and go do the race. A 5K with the family than say, hey, it's Saturday morning, let's get up at 7 and go next, you know, go to the park cross street and run around, the, run into, run around it a few times. It just, it doesn't work as well sometimes. Yeah, that is true. Um, you got to park correctly across the street, so it's a lot easier for you. I'm uh, about a half mile, mile from a decent walking park, and yeah. Uh, and it's real tough for me because I gotta you know, get get the daughter up or get the wife up, and uh, you know, early in the morning, a lot of people aren't up for that. So yeah, and see, that's why I said like the the actual like five Ks that you pay for and go to. Sometimes it's easier because it's like I paid for this. It's a little bit more motivation that you know, hey, I spent money on this and I'm getting a cool T shirt or a stupid T shirt or medal or whatever. So we're going. Let's go. You know, but if it's just like, hey, let's go down to the park down the street and do a 5k they're like yeah cool wake me up when you're done <laughs> yeah, so, exactly yeah so what what got you into doing the ocrs because i know you've been doing it well you've been doing it for a few years now i know you've done warrior a few times and rugged but what what made you decide to try it you know i'm trying to think back it was one of those things where i want to say somebody was like oh look there's a group on it's cheap that looks fun i've already done a couple of you know, color runs, regular 5Ks. Yeah. And I was like, you know, well, that looks like a whole lot more fun. And, uh, hey, it's half price, whatever the heck the deal was. And so I signed up. I think my first one was a, a Warrior Dash. And uh, at that time, you know, you and I weren't, uh, weren't 
exactly. that's kind of what uh, brought us back together as, uh, as best friends because over the last 36 years, you know, we'll be, you know, brothers standing your old hands walking down the street and other times we're talking to other kids. So, yeah. but, uh, no, we got, got that race and, and I ran into a handful of people that I knew from work and, uh, you know, starting with a warrior, that's, uh, back then, the obstacles were pretty easy and, uh, and the train wasn't that bad. That one was out at uh, Kelly Farms. So yep. just had, you know, one uphill, some sand. wasn't that bad. It was a real nice way to ease into, into an OCR. And, and doing that one, you know, at the end of it, I just, I felt pretty pumped, you know. I had a pretty decent time, I thought, in my opinion. And uh, at the end of it, I just I felt pumped and ready to do another one. And uh, that's kind of how we started. Yeah. And that's kind of how it is I, I hear with everyone. It's, I mean, it's it's... Most people start off with one of the smaller ones. Me, it was Gladiator way back when, but then I didn't do another one for like five or six years. And then I did, I can't remember which one other ones I did. I've done Mud Factor, Survivor, all of those. But it, it gave me a, a false sense of security because I thought, hey, these aren't that bad. I've done half marathons. I'll do a, a Spartan. That's when it, it kind of steps up. Is there, There's definitely a gap between a lot of these littler ones and Spartan. You know, in my opinion, no, that, anyway. Yeah, you're exactly right. I tell people, um, I, I try to get people into, into doing OCRs and joining, joining the meetings sometimes. And uh, the thing that I, I talk to people about is, you know, well, you're a casual you know, walker, runner, whatever. You can start with something like a, like a Warrior Dash or a, uh, or a Rugged Maniac, you know, ones that are, in my opinion, fairly easy obstacles or maybe, you know, like an inflatable race or something like that where they're fun obstacles. Now, that way, they don't just go out and do a Spartan and halfway. Yeah, that wasn't going to be fun. Because a Spartan has your body, it has your mind. It's, it's a lot more than just uh, a 5 It's uh, not even a 5K because their math is as good as yours. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm glad you've learned that. I mean, because you've only, you've only done the one Spartan, right? Yeah, I've done the one Spartan. The one that uh, I forced you to do, basically. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't forced. It was just I'm, I'm cheap, and I haven't had enough volunteer hours to yeah. uh, give for real people I know. Yeah. So, so yeah, we did the uh, we did the sprint, right? Yeah, we did the sprint up in Monroe. That's right. That was a fun one. I you definitely should have done the super with us the day before, so you could have swam through the the barbed wire. But it was it was a, it was a good starter one. I think you know you you had fun with it. You enjoyed it. It kind of gave you an idea of what Spartan is and whether or not you want to go for the the full meal deal next year and get the trifecta. And yeah, so. I was really glad you did it with me. I thought it was a great time. So, that was good. And then yesterday we did the terrain race. So, yeah. So, what did you what would you tell to someone who's do, about to do their first part? Just make sure you got uh, you got some endurance under you. Make sure your mind is right and uh, you know, dress properly with the right gear. Um, in the last 3 4 years that I've been doing this, uh, I've learned a lot about gear and uh, how much of a impact that has on the race even yesterday i was watching people slipping in the flight because they're wearing tennis shoes out there and freaking three feet deep mud yeah and that is what's huge i mean you know gear is and that's one thing i learned a long time ago when i first started running was you know a lot of people i i may have mentioned on the podcast before is i've when i first started running that was my way of dropping weight the the first time that i got big and you know I got into it. I did a bunch of 5Ks, but I was ready to quit because my legs would hurt so bad. I had 
shin splint so bad that, I mean, I couldn't run a hundred yards without like massive pain, you know, and I finally went to a running store, got the correct shoes. And then I ran a half marathon without pain. So, I mean, gear is, you know, definitely the thing. And with OCR, it's not necessarily the, you want shoes that fit right, but you want shoes that have traction. So, yeah. yeah that traction made a huge difference. Plus, just having shoes that fit right, too. Because, you know, the first year or so, I was doing OCRs, and, uh, and I wasn't hooked up with these. I wasn't really talking with you all that much. I'm out there in, uh, in dollar store shoes, you know, ones I grab at Value Village, throw away at the end of the... Uh, the event because I didn't feel like cleaning them and uh, that was a lot easier way to go but man the, the difference between those days and now you know yesterday I'm sitting there running up hills where I've been slipping and sliding and I'm watching bear crawl on the butt down the hills because it's a little bit loose and now I've been walking like it's a day in the park yeah oh yeah shoes are, the, are amazing I mean I love my Innovates but you know those are the that's what I run in now is I have Innovates but and they're, the traction's amazing. So, yeah, the, the other thing I tell people going into the first part is that the endurance and mindset. To, um, yeah. Because we go in those parts, and you come up to, uh, I, I think, one of the last hills at the sprint. After running, you know, we were joking the whole time, God, we're going two miles uphill, and then we dropped into a creek bed, and here we are standing at probably 10% incline where we're using tree roots in mud up to our knees to go one step at a time up this, this embankment. And, you know, you look at that embankment, you're already tired, you're already, I think we're three miles into the race at that point, and the first two miles, I swear, it was uphill mathematically. I don't know how that works. Yeah. It's supposed to go downhill at some point. But, uh, Spartan's you know, good at that. Stand at the bottom, stand at the bottom of the hill and look up, and you're just like, that, that's all mindset, that is mental right there at that point. Like, you can look at that, that hill and be like, I'm dead, I'm tired, I can't do it. You know, and the other thing, you know, we get out there and there's a lot of beasts on the, on the track. And you get to that hill, you got beasts sitting there telling you you can do it. They're pumping you up. They're grabbing your hands and pulling you. You know, um, and that's that endurance of the mind at that point. You got to be strong to just push through. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that, that was something for me. I think uh, doing the Seattle Marathon, I didn't quite have that mindset because I only had four miles left to go. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that Uh, one of the little less hills yeah um definitely because i mean that's one thing that you know a lot of people you you may have heard me talk about don on the podcast and i didn't bring that up earlier is don was one of the ones that helped me finish the seattle marathon um he came out and went with me but at what about 22 was about 22 miles his yeah his body just couldn't keep going um and it's one of those things I've almost felt bad a little bit because I've always been that guy that usually when someone starts a race with me, they finish. But I'll be honest, at that 22-mile mark, I was so dead, there was no way I could have tried to talk you out of it. It was just kind of like, yeah, okay, dude. <laughs> I went into that one last year. I hadn't done, I think, the last 5K I did in, uh, 20, in 2017 was probably early August. So from August to November, I hadn't done any training really, I just kind of been lackadaisical. I probably put on ten pounds, and then I thought it was a great idea to uh, to try to, to carry you on. And uh, when you and I were talking, you said you were doing it solo, and I was like, "Well, I ain't ready for it." But there's no way that Mike's doing this solo. And, yeah. Uh, and so that's how I signed up, and, and we had another beast, uh, Emily, came and worked 
night unless you're there with a flu or a bronchitis or something. Yeah, yeah she just and, uh, she was getting over bronchitis, so. And, uh, you know, she made the half marathon point and, uh, you know, we just kept trucking. And, and that was all strength of heart, strength of mind. You know, it wasn't that we were trained and ready to do it because, you know, you and I kind of, uh, we're, in, we're in shape. We're not, you know, or we're, we are a shape. We're not in shape. How's that yeah. going? Yeah, we're round is a shape is is what you're going with, but yeah. <laughs> but it was one of those things, and that was one of the things that actually was was huge to me, and that's one thing I love about the beast is, you know, when I was talking about doing that, and I'm like, you know, I was gonna I was just gonna go for it, and then you and Emily both were like, I think it was within like two weeks of the race starting, and you're like, yeah, you're not doing it alone, we're going with you, you know, and that was huge to me that there was two people. I mean, Emily. Both me, you, and me and you have. I mean, we have history. Obviously, we've been friends since you know preschool. I mean, we've been through a lot, you know. And then Emily, in the same aspect, was with me in Montana when she had the like complete mental breakdown, but finished. So, yeah. So I mean, it was great that you guys were like, "Hey, yeah, no, you're not doing this long. We're, we're going to go with you." And I mean, it, it's one of those things that, yeah, neither one of you actually finished with me, but I don't think I would have gotten to that point of I'm going to finish this without the two of you there. I don't think I could have got that first 22 miles without you two there with me. You know, you know what I mean? Yep, man. You know, at the end of the day, you didn't finish last. So. No, I didn't. I passed. I passed last place without like out of feet left. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, getting back on OCRs and the beasts, you know, it, I kind of saw some of the beasts and you introduced them to me at, uh, at that first warrior dash and then every yeah. time we ran into each other at races you were pointing out you know who they were and stuff and everywhere I'm looking now at races there's these shirts and every time I came up to an obstacle it seemed that there was a, a beast sitting there cheering somebody on and, and I was like man I, I should probably join these guys and, uh, I think I got added but at that point I wasn't paying much attention but one thing I got the group out there and acting um, at that point that's when I was like, man, I, I actually want to be a beast. I don't want to just belong to a group. I want to be a beast. Yeah. And, and I think that was a, a turning point for me because um, last couple of races, uh, you know, instead of just you know, running the race and whatnot, I'm with people to help and uh, you know, talking to people, cheering people on, um, resetting obstacles and other people don't. Just those things that, you know, we're not just out there, you know, tearing it up. We're out there, you know, being a part of the, the OCR. Oh, yeah. And that's what's awesome is, I mean, you meet people, you get to know people. And I mean, you bring people, you meet people on course and you bring them, you know, into the fold and bring them into the beasts. And the beast is a huge community of helping. And that's what I love about it is, you know, you always, like you said, I mean, you see beasts helping. I mean, it's, you know, yesterday at the train race, you know, we saw uh, Andrew Hooper's kid, the Beastmaster's kid running to go get uh, the medics because someone had fallen on an obstacle, you know, and it wasn't. You know, there was never a second thought. He's just like, oh, I better go get the medics. You know, it's just, and that's the beast. They don't think twice about helping people. They just do it. You know, and when someone will be like, well, why'd you do that? And you, the beast will look at him and be like, why do you question why I did that? Why should that be a question? I mean, I did it because I, that's what you do, you know. And that's why I'm so glad I'm a beast. And, you know, I'm pretty sure, like you said, you were added. I think I added you and your sister after Rugged last year. Yeah, we'll get uh, we'll get her active again. She's uh, 
she's taking this year off. Uh, I think her her husband, her, her fiance, are getting married next year. Yeah. But her fiance is doing uh, Warrior with uh, with us in September nice. at its new location. So. Yeah, I know. I know she she was taking a break because she was trying to do something else. So, and I don't know how well that's going, and I don't know how to ask. It just seems weird, but yeah, we'll yeah. Um, yeah, one thing talking about Warrior. Um, yeah, I haven't seen what the course maps are look like, but this year they're rolling out a, a one mile, a five k, and a ten k. Yeah, and uh, currently we're signed up for the five k. I want to jump um, to the ten. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, possibly doing the same. I want to get out there and look at the course because yeah, I, I, I didn't even look where it is, but you know some of these places where they've had it before have been fairly easy, and some of the other ones are not. So. Well, that's just it. Location can be a huge thing because, I mean, I know you didn't do Terrain Race Seattle, which was actually up in Monroe at the Evergreen Speedway. And, I mean, I'll be honest, it was an easy race because it was all at the Speedway. It was There was flat. There wasn't a hill to be yeah. found. There was no elevation gain at all. And so, I mean, it was just an easy flat course. It was great. It was fun. But, I mean, the obstacles were still fun, so it was fun. But it was just flat. So it was a good one for, like, you know – my wife and everything else who does not like hills. Um, and then all of a sudden they switch it down, you know, to Olympia and they do the train race that we did yesterday. And it was hills after hill after hill. And I mean, there was one point I'm like, I want to go find JP and punch him in the balls because this, this sucks. But at the same point, I was like, this is awesome because this is what I had talked to JP about. And other people was, I don't understand how we get all these flat OCRs in Washington. Yeah, because even, even the uh, Warrior Dash at Kelly Farms was uh, pretty much a flat race. Uh, mm-hmm. And up in the road, that was a flat race. Yep. Um, and there's some other ones around that are pretty flat. Um, I was thinking about trying to get up to what's the one up at Dirtfish in uh, Snohomish. I'm guessing Survivor. Be, yeah, it should be an uneven course, I'd assume, being up, uh, up in the mountains. There. No, it's flat. I did it. It's, I've done it. I did that two years ago. And honestly, the reason I didn't do it last year was because it was like 60 or 70 bucks and it was a flat, like it, it honestly, and I, I don't, I'm, I know I might upset people that like Survivor or whatever, but it seemed like it was put together by a bunch of high school kids. It was completely unorganized. There was, it was flat as could be. The obstacles weren't that great. Um, it was, might be a good beginner one, but not for $70. That was my yeah. issue. Cause I have the same problem with like Mud Factor. Mud Factor is, if I could get it for, the last time I did it, the only reason I did it is because my daughter paid for it, and it was like a Father's Day special, and she paid like 30 bucks. But I yeah. finished it, and everyone knows, you've seen me, you know how quick I am, I finished in 30 minutes. So, yeah, that, it tells you it was just run around, they had some mud run around. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it was pretty much run around, there was a couple of obstacles, you know, but they were like, you could just go right through them, basically, without a whole lot of anything i mean it was it, it would have been a really good one for the kids because it was an easier one for like kids but it was it was too easy for and i don't know if it's like i've said before i don't know if it's because i'm spoiled because i've done spartan now but it was just like yeah this is this is too easy the first year that i did mud factor when it was down in what bonnie lake or Puyallup, and it was up on the ridge and it was raining and windy and just the worst conditions ever. That was the hardest one, and that was probably the better one. But it was still, you know, they just, they're not very well organized. So, and it just, there was no volunteers at the, the obstacles. If someone was to get hurt, 
you would have to run like a mile to find somebody to help you. Yeah, so. that was uh, one of the things yesterday at terrain race that we were kind of lacking was enough volunteers. And I know yeah. that uh, I know that last minute they sent out a lot of invitations for the beast to come volunteer. I just don't know that they got enough volunteers because I think that uh, the yesterday, like when that guy got hurt and uh, the beast master's kid had to run for help. You know, that was an area where there were three or four obstacles back to back to back, and there wasn't uh, an obstacle supervisor or volunteer there. Uh, yeah. And that particular, that particular area, that was that was an area where I'm surprised more people get hurt because they have that wall backwards where you went up the easy side of the wall and then you had to use the boat to go back down the uh, back side. And see, I will be uh, honest, they, that was backwards, but I actually liked it better that way because it made it hard. But. Oh, yeah. But, but to have it unsupervised, yeah. that, was, that was kind of risk there. And, uh, and I think it was an area, you didn't have to have a supervisor at every obstacle because it was an area that was bunched in enough, but you just needed a couple people, at least one person that was roaming to help yeah, and make sure all, everyone's okay. Yeah, because that was the area that also had the tire drag, the tire on the road. And, uh, and the kid that was telling people how to do it was actually just a kid that was taking pictures and hanging out with his family. And, and uh, great course because i mean you know like i said jp did what i said it's like use the use the hills this is washington you know we have amazing hills here you know we have mountains we're known for our mountains and every course i mean there's so many the spartan course all of them are so flat and i'm like how do we end up with so much flat when there's so many hills in the state but but you know uh, part, of it, part of it is location i think yeah a lot of these races and uh That's just it. It's kind of finding the locations. Cause I mean, that's one of the things is trying to find someone that'll let you do it, you know? So, and, and that's it. I'm hoping they find, I would really like to see one. I mentioned it before. I'd love to see one in Eastern Washington and like Yakima out there in the desert and those big Hills, just because I think it would be amazing to see all the people that show up thinking, Hey, we're going to Washington. It's going to be rainy and wet and, and whatever. And you end up over in, That you do it. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I know the one that I do in Vegas every year, which is actually in Arizona. Um, and we stay in Utah because it's closer to the, the venue. Um, but that one is at an is at a uh, 
a motorcycle park out in the middle of the desert of nowhere. And there's only, they have ones, a couple water obstacles, like right, you know, near the festival area where they can bring in water. And then there's a river at one point that you can walk in. And that's really it. Other than that, you're just out in the desert trucking along in the sand. And it's, it's a pretty interesting one. So, yeah. you know, and that's what's yeah, cool. That might be something to put out there. I mean, I know you had JP from uh, Train Race on the last couple or a couple episodes this year. Um, maybe mention to him that, uh, that he could probably get a draw to get a Central or Eastern Washington. I, I think they do one in Spokane. But I would like to see one more central like Yakima because I think in Yakima you're going to get more people from this side that will go over to Yakima. Well, you get people from this side. You get people from northern Oregon to come up pretty easily. Yep. You got a good central location for the whole state, really. And then, of course, the, the traveling OCR people like to just try out new races anyways, and they go wherever, right? Oh, yeah. So, all right, let's take a quick break real quick and go to our, our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, we're back from break. Um, we were talking about, you know, maybe Eastern Washington. That that sounds fun. I mean, are you, speaking of stuff like that, are you thinking of starting to travel eventually for these races, or are you just going to stick to the locals? You know, that, that all depends. I mean, the trouble for me is, uh, you know, especially during the schools, and I've got uh, two kids in school and uh, leaving town for, for a week in March, you know, to, to go to Montana or something. Uh, that's so, in May. You know, as I get a little older and the, and the kids are more travel ready, maybe do something like that. But uh, this time, you know, three hours drive probably kind of my max. So Portland up to Vancouver is kind of what I'd say, or even in the Yakima stuff, because I really want to be able to drive there in the morning, drive back, drive back, beat and broken, but still drive back. Yeah, see, you've you've got to somehow figure out how to come to Montana with this, because like you were saying, the hills yesterday and. Uh, at the terrain race, Montana is 13 miles of how in the hell are we still going uphill? I mean, we've got to go downhill at some point. And then somehow you're in the fa- back into the festival area going, we never went downhill. We went uphill for 13 miles and we're suddenly at the same elevation. There's like a wormhole in the middle of Montana that I, we're trying to figure out. But it's a great beast if you ever want to do one. Um, like I've said, that's one that that beast will t- really t- you know push you. Um, the Seattle beast is, is one that's a little bit easier, but you know, the, the Montana beast, we're going to have to get you out there one day. So you gotta, your kids are getting a little older. I mean, what? 16 and or 15, right? Yeah, almost 15, learning to drive. But yeah, 15 and 8. And it's, the trouble is, it's just, um, this next four years, uh, with a 15 year old school schedule, there's going to be a lot relying on, uh, on us getting to to certain events and stuff, so I just can't, can't commit to an out-of-town thing very easily. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I actually had more races. I mean, I, even four or five years ago when I started, there was maybe one OCR a month, and now it seems there's one every weekend. Um, Almost. You just, what's that? Almost. It's getting to that, so. And, and so at that point, I mean
summer doing OCRs because it's the, the in the, the spring summertime there's what four or six between there's six Vancouver as far as parts go you got Vancouver Seattle and, and Portland and Washington or whatever yeah so I mean, you got six races in the spring and I think you got four more in the fall so I mean there's plenty right there with ten ten Spartan races to to get out and do plus all the other ones. Oh yeah, there's a bunch you can get into. I mean, that's that's one of the things. I mean, I, it's one of those things. It was like five or six years ago, I think it was, when there was a big push. And I mean, there was Hell Run. There was Mud Factor, Survivor, Foam Fest. There was a bunch of them up here. And then all of a sudden, like four or five of them just kind of petered off and went away. So Like that, like that battle frog uh, you can't get your son's got? Yeah, shut up. Yeah, that metal that I'll never have, but because my foot was broken. But, but I mean, there's been a bunch of them that were around that kind of popped up and then went away. And you know, it's kind of you're, you're seeing the better ones rise to the top and stay around. Like Warrior Dash is a really good one for for beginners. Rugged Maniacs another good one, but we don't have rugged up here this year because of uh, the venue. Yeah, the sale of Runway Farms and then canceling all the OCRs over there. Yeah, so. Uh, so rugged, but we should have rugged back next year. I'm sure they will find a place. Which I'm, I know rugged. That was only I think the first year rugged was out there. Before that, they were in Olympia somewhere. I thought, but uh, yeah, they did. They did. Uh, it was actually Grace Harbor where we were yesterday, and that's what I was kind of talking about. So oh, that's right. There was a big swamp off the other side. Yeah, and the bird wall was right there in the uh, right there in the stadium area, and, and I thought that that design was really cool having your final. You know, two obstacles right there in like a stadium area. Yeah. Um, which again, that's something. Uh, I don't know if JP listens to this, but next year that might be something. To you better be doing. You got a finish <laughs> line to have spectators. Yeah, which I think would be really cool. Um, but I know Dirty Dash. Yeah. They were there at the same spot, and they're another good one. Dirty Dash yeah. is a fun one. Um, I'm trying to think of the others. You know, you of course you got Spartan. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there are some good ones, and I'd like to see some more, you know, come around. You see, like I said, every once in a while, you'll see some new fledgling one pop up. But, you know, who knows how long, it, if it'll stay around. Tacoma has one. The city of Tacoma does one in in March or May. In May, I think. They have one in May that they do down at, like, Swan Creek. So, that was really fun. It was a quick, like, 5K that I did with Amber and Benton. And it's a fun little one. Um so there's a few around here. I mean, if you really look for them, you know, and I mean, you can, it's fun. It's such a fun sport to get into. No, it's something that anybody can do. I mean, we talk about, you know, you and I being in the shape of round. Yeah. Uh, you got everything from your, from your ultra athletic to people that are winning the races in the, in the uh, beast group. And then you got the, the people like you and I, they're just kind of middle of the road. You got other people that are even you know, slower. It's, it's, all about having fun. It's about pushing yourself. You know, it's not about you know challenging people and making fun of them. Uh, you know, yeah. telling you on the course today. I, I won't bring up what race it was, but I did a, a 5K with my wife, and when we get to the end of the 5K, they're actually on the PH and making fun of us with the walkers. And that was the last time I did that 5K. But I mean, you don't get that at, at any of the OCRs. You don't see that in the beast group. And I can finish a. Uh, a race, you know, a 5K in four hours and get the uh, congrats, great job, high five. And that's, yeah. uh, that's what it's about. It's, 
And that's the, the, the best part about the beast is, I mean, are, are basically, you know, uh, we, we pretty much feel that if you got off the couch and you showed up for the race and you walked out there, if you finished, awesome. If you didn't finish, awesome. You got off your couch and you beat everybody. You did better than every single person that's still sitting at home on the couch. So you never last. You know, you always, you, you beat everybody that didn't try. And that's what's amazing about the group is everyone has that same thoughts that that's how it is you you're amazing for trying yeah. and that's that's what's kind of kept me going and uh you know now about on, on the races i'm talking to other people and telling them they should check out the beast group because you know other groups that are they're specific to running or whatever else it's different but you know the beast we're all about obstacle courses we're all about you know the community all about helping each other out that's uh you know, I want to see more people in the group. I mean, it's cool that we just broke, you know, 2,000 members, but that's 2,000 out of, what, 900,000 people in Seattle or whatever. So, I mean, yep. we're, we're still a very small group in, in the, the realm of things, and we can definitely get things going with more people. I mean, it's been real cool seeing, uh, seeing Beast Brand Coffee now. Yep. Um, that was kind of a surprise uh, that we saw. Um, of course, you have the Beast Net that we're currently talking on. Oh, yeah. um, all the beast, all the beast clothing now, and uh, and I'm sure there's more to come. We're definitely been expanding that. Yeah, and the beast net clothing. There's beast nets now. There's beast net shirts. So anybody who hasn't seen that yet, there's beast net shirts. So get out there and get yourself one. Gotta love that. Probably you're pump yourself a little bit there. But, Gotta do uh, a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the thing is, yeah, you just. You see what this started out as, and I'm sure, you know, a couple, uh, what is it, uh, four years ago now, but when the group started this, I don't know that this is, they you know, just wanted to start a community of people who love, love racing, and, uh, yeah. you know, now it's grown to, to a 2,000 member community, and it's, it's growing every week. I see people welcoming the new, uh, the new people into the group, and everyone tossing out their medals on Monday and uh, you know, talking about their, their training, uh, that bucket mile. Um, that we did last month. That was a, a real cool thing. I hope we can keep doing uh, maybe monthly or quarterly uh, special ones like that where we can raise money for for uh, a good cause, you know, and uh, provide some really cool medals that nobody else can get. And that's what it means. Yeah, and that is awesome. I mean, it's awesome and just bringing that stuff up. And I mean, you meet so many c- cool people on the course too. Is I mean, it's like yesterday we had some people and I don't even know if we even can, told them that they should join Beast or not. I think you might have. The, the the sexy beast ones, you know, it's girls I'm talking about. The yeah, ones that, that, uh, that were coming up the hill and you were actually hooting and hollering at a beast, but, uh, but they took it as a compliment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I turned around and it was James Tinko, and I'm like, hey, you sexy beast. And the girl behind him thought I was talking to her. So, yeah. So it became like a little joke for the whole rest of the course. Every time we like passed each other, we'd be like, hey, sexy beast. One point, I think she called me a magnificent, what was it? Minotaur? Or something. Yeah. Yeah. So she was calling me all sorts of weird stuff. It was kind of funny though, but that's the fun part about doing this, the OCRs, you know, I mean, when you do them at the pace that we do, which, you know, I wouldn't say is slow, but well, it's slow. Um, we, we do it kind of at a, you know, we do what we call party pace. 
we just kind of go along, but we have fun with people. We talk to people, we meet people. And that's, that's kind of the fun of it. So, I mean, eventually we'll probably, maybe we won't be as round and we can do it a little bit faster, but I'm content with enjoying the races at this point. Yeah, well, like I was saying yesterday, we just need to get some breathing a little bit better, get your back going, and, uh, and maybe in the next one, if you're doing a warrior, we can push a little bit faster. You know, it's just a matter of uh, you and I getting back into shape from the motor and we played every sport under the sun. Yeah. And then we both, then we both got into computers and work, and, uh, you know, sitting there in a desk and stuff, and we're pretty round pretty quick, and, uh, yeah, you I'm did. Not at my own high at late, but uh, I'm not far under it. I gotta, I gotta get back to working that down, and uh, you know, of course, with healthy eating and, and exercise more, and that's all that. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, it's healthy eating. Um, it's watching what. And I, I say he, eating all the time, but I think it's more than just healthy eating. It's healthy putting. I don't know how to say it, but healthy like putting whatever swallowing whatever because it's healthy drinking it's healthy eating you know that was my biggest thing i mentioned it on the podcast is i quit smoking and then started drinking at least one to two mochas a day and wow surprisingly i gained a bunch of weight um because mochas have a lot of calories in them because i was looking i was paying attention to what i was eating but i wasn't paying attention to what i was drinking yeah that's something i've been talking with people about uh, actually lately is watching what you drink. You don't want to drink all your calories because you can have a, a iced tea with zero calories and zero sugar in it if you just drink a, a straight unsweetened tea. Or you can drink a, a sweet tea and have like 200 calories in it and 30 grams or 40 grams of sugar. Yeah. Uh, it's really easy to drink your entire 2,000 calorie average human intake just in sodas and and. and it is and that was one of the things i too is i've talked to a lot of like the trainer people you know and nutritionists and people that you know do are learning all this stuff to become you know trainers and stuff one of the other things is to figure out when to eat and drink certain things like for me i drink i've got the the bullet or the ninja the neutral ninja to make my smoothies and i thought i was doing great every morning i would make a fruit smoothie before i left for work and that's what I would drink in the morning instead of having a, co- a, a mocha or something. But then someone pointed out, they're like, really, with that much sugar and fruits, that's probably not good without working out. If you're yeah. going to drink all those, the sugar that's in those fruits and then go sit down at you know a desk. Because usually what I do is I'll put a banana in it. And then I was, th- I was putting, like, as a juice, not thinking, I was putting Sunny D, which is full of sugar. And then I freeze strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries, and that's what I use for my ice and my smoothies, is the strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries, which are all fruit. That fruit, yes, is good for you, but those fruits are all full of sugar, natural sugar. Yeah, you sit down, but, yeah. You sit down and add a bit of sugar on that, you cram know, some sugar, and then sitting on your butt for a couple of hours and just let that turn into yeah. fat. So, I mean, that's one of the things that I, I've, like, talking into just stuff they're like that kind of smoothie is <coughs> really good for you right before you know 30 minutes or so before you jump on a treadmill and run for half an hour or before you go out into a 5k or before you do because it'll give you that energy that you need that you're going to burn while you're doing that exercise but if you're just going to go sit down it's probably not good for you at all it probably would have been better to have the coffee with no sugar and nothing in it yeah so, my favorite thing was a good americano in the morning yeah there's no sugar in it. It's just straight coffee. You know, I get a little bit of caffeine 
that, that morning wake up and, uh, and then I'm good to go. And, uh, you know, then you try to eat something, something light to get your stomach kind of started and then take a good snack around 10, lunch around 12 and 1. You know, you gotta, you know, I'm sure you talk to nutritionists and they kind of tell you how to break up your eating. Yep. Just keep your metabolism going all day long. And when you inject a ton of sugar in, yeah, and that was the thing, you know, when I lost weight the first time, and I've talked about it on the, the thing where I lost, I mean, I was down under 200 pounds, which I'm 260 now, and I was down under 200, and I mean, at my peak, I was over 280, and I dropped all that and went down to under 200, and one of the biggest keys was I had like an alarm on my phone that went off every three hours throughout the day that said, hey, eat something. You know, I would wake up in the morning, I would have a yogurt or in a banana or something. Then I would go to work and three hours later, I had like little 100 calorie snack things, you know, like uh, some peanuts or something in my drawer at work and I would eat that. And then every three, three hours later, I would eat something else. When lunch came up, I would have, I'd go down to the gym and run for 45 minutes, take a shower and eat a sandwich, you know. So I moved my eating throughout the day. And that's what I need to get back in the habit of doing, you know. And I actually ended up figuring it out once. I was eating more food than I was before, but because I split it up, my metabolism was getting rid of it, you know. Yeah. So, and the thing in the morning too is I figured out with the smoothies, what I need to do is find a more protein-based smoothie rather than a, you know, than a, yeah, a sugar-based. Like it was like a sugar-free, um, like a pro- an actual protein shake or something said. Yeah, I was thinking like a protein shake. One of the things that someone said would be really good is like almond milk with like a protein, you know, a protein powder or something in it as a smoothie in the morning to get you moving, you know. So, so I'm working on trying to find the better ways to eat and, you know, work out, work out and stuff like that. You know, like I've said in the podcast, trying to get past this, the foot injury to get my stride to where I'm not getting the horrible back pain. You know, that was one of my big issues I was having yesterday was back spasms. Um, so it's just finding a way to push past that. And I mean, I pushed past it in all the, the runs I've done. I mean, Montana beast, I was having the same issue and I just kept going because I just, I don't know when to quit, you know, <laughs> never been good at that yeah. quitting thing. So yeah. yeah, as long as you can recover in a day or so, that's what I look at it as. I mean, I push my body as far as I can. And, uh, I think the worst recovery I've had was, uh, coming off that marathon. It took me probably two days before I had a good walk going again. I mean, I had a lot of blisters and stuff because, uh, again, it was back to the gear thing. I wasn't yep. exactly geared for, for 26 miles. But, uh, you know, it, 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 when I look at it, I do a race on a Saturday or a Sunday and I'm functional for work on Monday. Yeah, that's really Yeah, and see, that's one thing what, what worries me right now is I know I have. I have one race, like, weekend coming up where I need to be functioning for two days. The only way I can do my goal, and I missed it the last two years, and this year I'm dead set on making it, is I got to function for two days and get it done. And normally I've been okay. This last year, though, I've had major issues with the two days. I've only been able to do it yeah. once, and I did the the super or the super in the sprint in Seattle. Yeah. And when I went to do the beast in Montana, there was no way I was to work going to do the sprint on Sunday because my shoulder was dislocated, and I gave myself a hernia. Um, you know, and I've just got to make sure when I go to Hawaii that I'm doing all three races in a weekend. Yeah, you're doing three races two days, right? Yep. I do the Beast on Saturday, and then I get up Sunday, and I do the Super, and as soon as the Super's done, I grab my packet for the Sprint, 
and head right back out. Yeah. So that'll, uh, that'll definitely be a good weekend, but that way you can get your, uh, your island trifecta. And that's what I'm going for. I know Serena Denbo is going with me, and we're going to have a blast because we're planning on doing the races on Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday, we're going to go on a catamaran, me, her, and my wife. And after we're on the catamaran for a little bit, nice and drunk, we're going to like go back to the hotel room and film the record a podcast So about how wonderful our weekend was. So you're going to get a nice drunk Serena and Micah after doing three races in a weekend. <laughs> No, listening has been good. I mean, it's it's good to hear. I mean, like I've said a lot of times on the podcast, I love hearing the stories of people coming back from something. Like last week's episode was, you know, Tatiana talking to her about coming back from drug addiction, which is something that both of us know, um, you know, and that kind of thing. You know, coming back from that, I mean, she's 25 and already like come back from drug addiction and has gone to school, become a drug abuse counselor, you know. So, I mean, those are the great stories, but talking to, you know, talking to everyone, I love hearing everyone's side of it, like talking to you and hearing how you just kind of, you know, just started doing it and how much you love the beasts and everything else. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's funny when I uh, log into Facebook, the first thing I do is look at the, the feed to see what the beasts are talking about. You know, it's kind of, yeah. kind of moved to the top of my priority list just to, to see people's you know, experience from the races, the weekend, you know, talking about, you know, other just workouts they're doing, all the, the beast workout days, the ones that they do with uh, with the other groups, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And that was one of the things I was talking about on the trail yesterday with that, that group of gals that, uh, that were calling you a minotaur or whatever the heck it was. But, you know, I was talking to them because they were talking about they do meetups and they do, you know, walks or runs because that was their, their group is, you know, why we run or we run yeah. Seattle or something like that. And I was like, well, you know, the thing about the beast is, you know, we do the same thing except we go and we, we train obstacles. We do hangs, you know, we yeah. do stuff so we can be better at the obstacle side of it. So, you know, that'd be a good reason for you to, to maybe pick up uh, the beast as another group and, uh, and learn to do these obstacles better and, yeah, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I didn't catch their names, so if they do, I won't know. But uh, you know, maybe they'll hear this and hear people talking about the, the sexy Minotaur Mike, and uh, and be like, "Hey, that's that guy I met on that race," and uh, maybe we'll have them on the, the show some other day. That would be cool. That might be a new nickname I got to come up with myself, Sexy Minotaur Mike. Yeah, I mean, I'm already pretty yeah. Mike, but <laughs> say Sexy Minotaur Mike might be an upgrade from. Uh, from pretty Mike. Well, you know, pretty Mike works. It does, and I mean, that's one thing, is I don't know if you've ever heard the story. That was a that was another race, given name. Uh, it was actually an endurance, the four-hour four hour hurricane heat. And Dingo, Domin- yeah. Dingo, who you'll have to meet Dingo someday, Dingo started to call me Pretty Mike about halfway through the, the hurricane heat, and it just stuck. So it's also with Ted, the same, same one where Ted uh, Kelly got uh, the name Freak Show, was that same hurricane heat. Is he was calling Ted he, Freak Show and calling me Pretty Mike. I think it's the hair. Yeah, the freak show, Mike. Yep. In, like the intro for the, uh, it does. It does. So, is there? Uh, we've been here, been on this for a while now. This is going good. Um, is there anything else you'd want to say to the listeners about you know the beasts or OCR or any of that kind of stuff and what they should be looking for and doing? Yeah. At this point, I just say do more. That's, that's my thing. I just need to do 
do more, the more I do, the more I love it. And uh, seeing beasts out on the track or out on the, the hill or wherever I see them, you know, it's been awesome every single time I go out. And uh, you know, every race just seems to get better. I wouldn't say they seem to be getting easier, they just seem to be getting better. Now, yeah. some of these races are more, more challenging mentally or physically, but you know, I just like doing them and, and I'm getting better at them. You know, I go out sometimes with people that, uh, that have never done an OCR and you know, I'll go and, and jump over the wall and they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, just, just uh, do this and that. You know, kind of teach them and go. And uh, that's what I see the beast doing at, at pretty much every obstacle in some of these races. And that's just freaking awesome. Yeah, it is. Well, if you ever want to practice, you, you know where I live. Just warn me because my dog's kind of a jerk. And you can come over, yeah. bring the kids, and you can play on the obstacles I have in the yard. Yeah, I'll just bring a steak and throw it at white. So. No, it's not white anymore. It's Sam. Sam's a jerk. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he won't bite hard. He just nips at your heels. So. All right. Well, it's been fun talking to you. Um, it's been a blast. So thank you for being on. And we'll have to do this again sometime. It's an honor to be on. Thanks, Mike. Yep. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.